Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to The Reset, a mental health podcast without all the bollocks. I'm Sam Delaney. My guest this week is Jimmy Watkins, the former British champion runner and 800 metres record holder who jacked it all in to join a rock band. Years of hedonism in the music scene caused him to lose his way a bit, so a couple of years ago he gave up drink and returned to running in a more relaxed, less competitive way to see what it could do for his soul as well as his body. Since then, He's improved his mental and physical health no end and founded Running Punks, a community for like-minded people who use running not for competition, but as a sort of design for life. I'm a keen runner myself and have long since given up trying to improve my speeds or enter races. I do it because of the way it makes me feel, the sense of peace and freedom it gives me when I'm out in nature with my headphones on, unbothered by all the noise and distractions of everyday life. I love it. So Jimmy and the Running Punks are a real inspiration and they speak my language. I followed Jimmy's stuff online for a while and particularly into his music reviews that he does while he's actually running. I was delighted that he agreed to come on the pod and tell me a bit more about his story. I hope you enjoy listening to our chat. Jimmy, welcome to The Reset. Sorry. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that's all right. I, I caught you a... mid sip of a cup of tea, but that's very nice. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, li- I like a danger sip. <laughs> I love a danger sip, mate. Um, what an absolute privilege it is to speak to you. Great to finally get you on the reset, mate. I mean, running, music. These are the things that have played such a huge role in stabilizing my mental health over the years and many others. And yeah. um, something that you've got, you know, you're, you're steeped in. Yeah. Um, and you've had an interesting story, you know, a- around running. So I thought we'd start by you just giving us a sort of a pricey of your, your running, rock and roll and back to running sort of journey. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I was always really sporty in school. That was my that was my thing that that defined me as a character. I was a sporty guy, um, and then I ran for Great Britain when I was I think I ran for Britain for the first time when I was twenty one. Quite rapidly improved, and then I got to the final of the World Championships indoors in two thousand and six when I was twenty four. 
And then by the time I was 25, I'd quit running altogether and I started a rock band. <laughs> um, I think it was just before I turned 30, um, I was out touring and, and playing guitar in rock bands. So yeah, it was quite a switch in quite a short space of time. That's it in a nutshell, really. How did that happen? Tell me about the, you know, the moment that you sort of decided that running wasn't for you because it was, it was sort of, it wasn't like, you know, you, you were kind of near your, your peak, weren't you? Or you were approaching your peak when you decided well, to quit. Yeah, there's okay. You could do that. You could do all sorts of crazy things when I was a runner, and you'd go down to this. It was the Welsh Institute of Sport for some lab testing, mm. and they'd work out your VO2 max, like how much lactic is in your body. And you, they did this test, and they tell you when you will peak. And mine was when I was like 29, 30 years old, so just in time for London Olympics. So. I remember going down there to do it, and then there was this exciting meeting after. Look, you're likely to run your fastest when the London Olympics are on. All you've got to do now is keep on training for that. That that's going to be your moment. That's 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 what you've got to work for. And I think it was about a month later I quit. Wow. <laughs> um, so I was yeah I was I was when I stopped running I was improving every time I I did a big race I I seemed to like just prove improve a little bit more. And I was getting more and more comfortable to big competitions. But yeah, I, I just, I stopped because I just stopped enjoying it. And, you know, that, that's why I stopped. And there was, there was nothing that anybody could see. No, no crazy prediction machines in the, in the lab could tell me otherwise. I'd stopped enjoying it. So I was gone. Was it because it had come quite naturally to you? You know, when you say you were always naturally sporty and, and the intensity and the, the sort of regiment of it kind of started to overtake the, the natural enjoyment definitely yeah it, it all happened quite I, I wouldn't say effortlessly because the training was hard but it was all training I enjoyed you know so if you're enjoying it and it's hard it, it doesn't feel so bad so I was really enjoying it and I liked seeing the improvements my training was making yeah and it just got to a point where it suddenly became a lot a lot stricter I had people to answer to for the first time because I was on funding and stuff. I was expected to do things. and It just totally changed the way that I felt about running. I felt that people were suddenly expecting things from me. And when I started running, there was none of that. It was just, you go out and run and you have a good time. And I remember early on that people were excited because they'd say, we never seen anybody running the way you do, the way you take on races, the way you you do things in races is different. And, and I remember people being excited and all that kind of just seemed to stop. It was always about, this is what you need to do now in this race. And I, I was like, well, it's never been like that before. How come, how come I've suddenly got to a level where suddenly, you know, I have to follow rules in a race, which just seemed really bizarre to me. So why, why the, the radical uh, sort of switch though from running to rock and roll might not, <laughs> might not be as radical as we imagine, but most people would think, wow, I mean, the lifestyle switch must have been extremely jarring. How, how did that happen? <laughs> Why did it happen? Um, mu- music was always a, a great motivator for me. Mm. Always, they would I would listen to music on all my training runs before races. I played guitar, I played guitar in bands in school. My dad's a musician. So I was always surrounded by music and, and rock music. And, up until that point, it always been something which had motivated me to run well. I hadn't really considered being in a band properly or writing my own stuff. But it came kind of, um, 
I remember like the moment I decided I wanted to be an athlete and the thing that really excited me about it was this idea of freedom and being an athlete was, you know, you're not part of a team. You are just yourself. You, I remember getting excited about things like I can bleach my hair. I can do all this stuff because I'm an athlete. I can do what I want. And it was an idea of freedom about being free. And as soon as that was taken away and I was 24 years old, I just thought, well, what, what else gives you freedom? which is similar to this. And it was being in a band. <laughs> like yeah. that's, it was just one, okay, one type of freedom was taken away from me. Let's, let's go be in a band. Let's, let's try that one instead. Yeah. And, and, and was it, was this a lot to do with, with happiness and, and mental health? I mean, you know, did, how down did you get about running? Was it a situation where you were down, you needed some other outlet to cheer you up or was it not as extreme at that age? It's, it's a weird one because it's something that I've figured out now that I'm older. Now that I'm nearly 40, I figured out that as a 24-year-old, I, I probably was down a lot. And to be honest with you, it's, it's only something I've worked out through conversation from people asking, people being generally intrigued. Why, why did you stop running and having conversations about it? And then kind of realizing, yeah, maybe it was making me unhappy. Uh, I remember certain trips abroad where, I was. I remember being in Holland and I was racing out there and I had like three or four days out in Holland on my own and I just didn't want to leave the room. I was just sitting there reading books and I was just writing rubbish poetry. And I, I've explained it to a few people before, but it was as if like to be competitive, you have to have like a really hard edge mentally. You have to be confident that you're going to go out there and run well and kind of take no prisoners. And I just, I felt like a softness and I look back now and I think that kind of softness was, I don't know if it was like depression, but it was definitely like I'm not in, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing what I want to do, do and it's, it's making me sad. And that, that's that's how I felt. And I, it got to the point where I would do my warm up before the races, and I just didn't want to step on a track. Mm. It, was, it was very strange. But at the time, I I didn't know where it was. I just thought, oh look, I, I'm I'm a kid. Like I'm 24. I, I'm going to do something different. Sod this. This isn't for me anymore. But as I look back as as an adult, I think you had a great opportunity there. Um, there must have been something more. There must have been something more. And like, oh yeah, what I can think of was maybe there was some mental health issues there. It is interesting the way that like so many of us just don't even notice how we were feeling or why we were behaving in a certain way until we get to our 40s and start to reflect a bit more deeply and yeah. start, you know, looking back on, on the decisions we made or the, or the sort of things that we did. Yeah. And, and sort of start to understand, oh shit, maybe I felt really bad about this thing, but I wouldn't acknowledge it at the time. You don't sort of let yourself acknowledge a lot of the time when you're in your twenties, do you like that you're down? Yeah. Or, you know, the, you, you, yeah, you're just not happy. But so the music career seemed to take off quite quickly. I mean, from my, from my point of view, from, from what I've read about it, is it like, you know, straight away, your, your first band started being successful. Yeah, it was, I, it was funny because I, I understand hard work. I, I know what hard work is. And I kind of just shifted my focus from hard work as an athlete to hard work as a musician. And I guess that's what made it kind of successful was the fact that I just went went into the same mindset as an athlete. Like to be the best athlete, you've got to practice the most. You've got to, you, you know, you've got to get the work done. You've got to be disciplined. And I was like that with music early on. I was writing songs constantly. We, we would practice for hours with the band. And there was a real discipline to it. And I'm over, in a real short space of time, we became like this really tight band. 
quite you know quite a heavy band exciting band and yeah it just we we did the first band I was in we released a couple of EPs we did some good gigs we did some good tours and that happened maybe two years after maybe less than two years after finishing athletics so a real quick turnaround mm. you're obviously really driven is that some which is which is great in terms of stuff like career and the sort of nature of the stuff you've done but is that sometimes a curse as well because but, yeah. you, you just always got to be achieving or, or, or being productive or, or, yeah. or hitting the next goal. I mean, you know, I, I think that can be pretty stressful, can't it? It's, it is stressful. Yeah. I'm i <laughs> I'm a pretty stressed guy constantly, but a, a different type of stress. I'm not stressed about the tread on the tires of my car or, or, <laughs> or things like that. I'm just stressed about what can I do with this idea I've got? What, yeah. how, you know, when, when can I find a few quiet minutes to sit down and write something down? That's, that's what gets me stressed mm. is when, when can I get the ideas out of my head onto paper, into a song, into something to do with running. That yeah, I it's it it does my head in a bit. <laughs> it does. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Creativity is in some ways a bit of a curse if you've got a creative yeah. mind. When I was younger, I was working in the creative industries, and therefore I thought I had a, a, not a gift. That's a bit overblown, but I thought I was lucky that my mind seemed to constantly come up with ideas all the time. And I thought, well, that's good because that's I can monetize that. That's good. And then, but as I get older, I sort of think actually it's a pain in the ass because you're sitting around at Christmas between Christmas and New Year when it would actually be really nice to just sit and not think about anything and just totally yeah. switch off from the outside world. And yeah. yet times like that are often times when your brain starts going into overdrive. So you've got nothing else to do, and it you start coming out of hundred one ideas, and then if you don't execute them, you start to feel guilty about it. Yeah. yeah. But it's all bollocks because you've just made it all up in your head I anyway. I know. And, and as I get older, what I really wish is that I could have less ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, totally. It was. I remember being young enough to not worry about doing anything about the ideas because I just thought there was a continuous supply. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be quite relaxed about it. Oh, that's quite a cool idea. I'm, I'm sure I remember that. I'm at the age now where I've got a book next to the bed I write, I wake up and write things down. And that, yeah. that's when it starts becoming stressful when you think these might stop at any minute. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like pick your own fruit, but for ideas, I'm like, this is all going to dry up soon. I need to get <laughs> out there with my basket, <laughs> fill it up, fill those ideas up as soon as I can. Yeah. So so let's fast forward a bit. You know, you, you had success in music, but it affected you. I guess, you know, inevitably your lifestyle changed. Um, yeah, uh, and it, it started to impact upon things like your health, your weight, and and presumably your, your mental health. I don't know, but that's yeah. what led you back to running, but in a new way. Tell yeah, us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, through through the band, I mean, it could have happened any other way. And, you know, it didn't have to be through music. I guess if I started doing a normal job, it might have happened anyway. But I just started drinking too much, mm. and that that drinking was it was getting out of hand. Um, I was a binge drinker, you know, I was, a, I wasn't, I wasn't like a full blown alcoholic, but when I drank, it was, it was a major event. Um, it, it was kind of like the council need to let people know that I'm out <laughs> drinking because it was, it would, it would, yeah, it would be monumental. And it was just, it was, I was feeling rubbish because of it. And I was doing more and more stupid stuff. I was having to apologize. I was getting anxious like three or four days after after boozing and I, I felt like rubbish. I felt like absolute rubbish and kind of 
I I knew I knew something was wrong. I knew I had to do something about it. But I part of me was also thinking, this is just it. I'm just I just need to accept. I'm just getting older. This is how you feel as you get older. You just feel like rubbish. And something just happened. Something. Well, I know exactly what happened. Was I had a picture of me running for Gripper in for my birthday, for my thirty seventh birthday, and I put it on the wall. I took a picture, put it online, and. It was me standing on the start line before the final of the World Championships. Someone sent me a video of that race. I watched the race with my wife. And like she didn't know me when I was a runner. So it was the first time she'd seen it. She's the first time she'd seen me running. And the camera's on me on the start line. And I smile. And she says, oh, see, I recognize you because of that smile. And it was just like a little passing comment. But then all night I was in bed like, what? What does that mean? Does it mean I never smile anymore? And then I realized that the problem wasn't that I'd got unhealthy or I'd gone overweight or my hair had fallen out. The problem was that I'd lost that 24-year-old. I'd lost that happy version of myself. And that was when I realized this is a mental health issue because I'm not looking after myself. That person or that version of myself is still in there. I need to get him back. And that was when I kind of knew what I had to do. It became easier than a case of I need to lose weight. Like I find those, I found those tasks really, I couldn't get my head around it. Like the idea of losing weight seemed really difficult. Um, but the idea of uncovering a version of myself I lost seemed like the easiest thing in the world because I knew he was there. Do you know what I mean? It was like a difference between doing an archaeological dig, knowing there's something under there or building a pyramid underground and then covering it. It was like, I just knew it was there and I just knew I had to clear the surface and get started. It's more exciting. That's for sure. Someone says yeah. lose weight on diet sounds fucking boring. <laughs> and actually... When I was drinking, <laughs> if people said give up drinking, there was a time where I thought, well, that sounds fucking boring. But actually, if you say it like you saw it and said, rediscover like your younger, happier, more optimistic, joyous person, you think, oh, now you're talking. And if actually yeah, being yeah. healthier is just one part of that journey, then actually I'm going towards something positive. It's it's interesting that when I think back to being unhealthy. Uh, both mentally and physically, that giving shit up was always framed in my mind as a negative thing. The moment you yeah. stop it, exactly as you said, and go, none of it's negative. It's about pursuing this more positive version of myself. Then it's all, yeah, it's so much easier, isn't it? Oh my god, it's it's like you've already done it. I remember feeling that. I remember I decided. So that was October the thirtieth, and I was I decided I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it on January the first, and I give. I wanted to give like my proper unhealthy version of myself a send off. I was like, I'm going to have Christmas for this version of myself. And then I'm going to say goodbye to him. And I felt like I'd already achieved it on that first run. I was like, I've done this because I know where I'm going. Mm. And there's a massive difference. Like you say, it's a positive thing. You know where you're headed rather than having to give things up and not really, not really knowing why. Like, so many people have told me I need to stop drinking. And I, I was like, I can't work out why. I, 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 I get <laughs> I that I'm a dickhead. But yeah, yeah I, I know I'm a dickhead. I know I'm out of control, but... Why? Why do I need to change that? Mm -hmm. Then when I realized that those being a dickhead, being out of control was preventing me from being myself, that's when it became a totally different thing. Well, it's totally, mate, the way you phrase that is, I hope that has an impact on people who need it, who are listening, because that is it. That's that's one of the neatest ways I've, I've heard it described, the whole giving up drink uh, and sorting your life out. It's, you know, it's about just rediscovering the better version of yourself that is totally. it and it's such a great way to frame it because 
it stops you from thinking, oh, you're giving up a pleasure. You're not giving up a pleasure. No. It's much bigger than that. You're, yeah. You're rediscovering something fantastic in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, which is great. The running, of course, you know, you'd had a few years off. Clearly, you have that inner discipline that I don't know if you were born with or it's like riding a bike, it never leaves you. Because once you started, you knew. A lot of people, myself included, there's a lot of stop-starts in this sort of stuff. Yeah. But you started. Tell me about the, the sort of um, the method that I've read about where you, you, you start putting – you start projecting uh, in your diary, running, it's just filling in run days four weeks in the future. Yeah, so I, I, I had a diary and I, I kind of, I went for that first run and I was surprised, right? Because in my head, I, I thought I was going to be <laughs> be running like 15 minutes for 5K again. And I was surprised at how slow and out of, out of shape it was. So I was like, I need a plan, but I don't know what kind of runner I am anymore. So I just wrote in my diary, run, run on a Monday. And I just wrote the word run. And that was it. I was like, that's my training plan. It's just run and just figure out what type of running I can do now. And in, in many ways, like I had to relearn how to run. It was, it was so, I loved it. I loved it because I went out there with the same mindset as a competitive athlete. And I was like, no, this isn't working anymore now. This isn't how I meant to run. And I read some books about it and I kind of read about the 80-20 style of running where 80% is really easy, 20% is hard. And I thought, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That sounds 80% easy. And as I was reading the book, I noticed that all the studies were, were done one or two years after I stopped running. So for me, like, I'm always looking for little signs like that. So I'm like, that's a sign. That's a sign because I stopped running. And then while I stopped running, they worked out this new way to train. So that means I've got to do it. I've got to do it because I missed out on it. And I started running slow. And it was just, and I still run slow now. Like most days of the weekend, it's just, it was a game changer for me. And that's a video in which you give sort of five kind of motivational tips. And the one that really spoke to me, I mean, I'm 46 um, and I've never been a fast runner, but I've always loved running. And I loved listening to, a, you know, someone of your level. And the, the main thing he said was just slow down, just yeah. slow down. Because yeah. I love that. Because some days I get, I force myself. You know, some days you, you're loving it and you're buzzing straight from the end. There's so many yeah. days, especially in this weather, you come out, you're creaking. I feel like the fucking Tin Man, and <laughs> yeah. I just think I can't do this. But you think I, I can only do it if I like go at a really fucking pathetic pace, and then yeah. at least I can still clock up the distance that I was aiming for. Exactly. And um, but that's a dirty secret. And like you know, I don't always record my runs on Strava. Because yeah. I just want it to be between me and myself. So cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, I loved listening to you. 
say yeah. it's fine to slow down and you don't have to always be like driven by some special time or goal. Just being out and doing it is enough. Exactly. And I, I do that so much. I'll, I'll go out the door. I see it as like almost doing a stand-up comedy gig and my body is heckling me. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, <laughs> I want to do this. Like this is a routine I got performed today. I'm going to do hard 10 kilometers. And I got I'm on my arm. I'm like, I always think here he is again. He's mocking me. And so I just give my body what it wants. I treat it like a heckler. Like, okay, what do you want? And you want to do this. So, and I'll just listen to my body and I will, I will treat it like, right. This is the type of running I have to do today just to keep my body happy. And sometimes that's like walking, sitting down with like, I get the Kindle out of my phone now and again, I just have a little read and it's like, oh, well, my body wants to do this. So I'm going to do it because my body is the one that ends up doing the thinking for me. My, my body overtook my brain in terms of making all the right decisions. So I'm going to do what it says. And that, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. That's what I yeah. do. So for you, I mean, obviously you've got fit again, you know, you lost weight, your, your, your times are increasing and uh, your, your times are decreasing. Sorry. So, so, you know, you've obviously you know, made a huge amount of progress, but how much of it is it, is it now just to do with your state of mind? What were the reasons for running? Yeah. Like the mental health as uh, opposed to the, the sort only- of physical goals. It's only for that now. It's only for that. And kind of, if I run a fast time, I'm surprised because I don't really train for it anymore. Mm. Um, kind of the biggest turning point for me was when, and I don't know how it took me so long to realize it, but realizing the running was good for being creative. Yeah. That was a massive turning Very point much, for me. Yeah. And that's, that was what helped me kick the booze on the head, yeah. was that running became like another way for me to think and, and be creative and think outside the box. So almost all my running is for that now. And even on days where I train hard, it's because I just want to do it. You know what I mean? I just go, I fancy doing a hard one today. And, and yeah, even, even while I'm pushing myself on a tough run, I'm still thinking of ideas, thinking of like song lyrics and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all for my mental health and and creativity. And of course you're, um, I mean, the, the album reviews you do whilst running, which is a fantastic idea. Yeah, I mean it's incredible the the reviews and the, and the eloquence <laughs> and the color that you add to these wonderful reviews whilst you're pelting through the beautiful <laughs> countryside. It's amazing. Um, I don't know. How did you come up with the idea? Um, it was it was during lockdown, so the very first lockdown, and I went for a run and I didn't enjoy it. I I, I thought oh, I'm in trouble here. Yeah? I'm in trouble because that's the first time since I started running that I haven't enjoyed a run. And I was a bit like, now more, I need running now more than ever. Please don't tell me that now I'm going to fall out of love with it because there's a pandemic going on. And do you, you remember at the start, like runners were getting a bad name? Oh, they, they oh, like, yeah. I think it's Piers Morgan. They blowing in my face. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just messes you the head. I was like, oh, I can't go out and do it. Like, this uh-huh. is weird. So I knew I needed to do something to take my mind off it. So I was speaking to Rodri, the other running punk, and I said, oh, look, I'm thinking of doing this thing where instead of following a training plan, I'm just going to train to albums. So I'm just going to write down albums I've never heard before. And I'm just going to run until the album's over. And that's my run. So at least I'm focusing on just listening to something for the first time. So I was like, I'm going to do a vote. I'm going to do a vote and see which, I'm going to let people on Twitter decide the album. So the first vote and the winner was like a Spice Girls album. So I messaged Rodri and he's like, you need to film it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's all right. I kind of agreed with him thinking, how am I, what, how do I feel myself running into a Spice Girls album? And then I was walking back from co-op after doing a shop and I just thought, 
I'm just going to review an album. I'm just going to review the album while I'm running. That's what I'm going to do. So I kind of went home, put my kit on, just went straight out and did it. Mm. And I was loving it. Like it was purely for myself. I was, I had the GoPro and I was just like losing my mind, the Spice Girls. I filmed it. I edited it. And I was like, that's ridiculous. That can't go on the internet. There's no way that can go on the internet. It makes no sense at all. And it was on my phone for like a couple of hours. I so thought, just, just put it on there. Just put it online. You know, it's a pandemic. Everyone just put it, put it online. And I put it online and it was instant. It was instant. The people were like, oh, I needed that. That's got me out running. And for the first time ever, like I'd done something purely for myself and it helped other people. And that blew my mind. Mm. Like even, even when you write songs, you kind of thinking people are going to enjoy this chorus. So even then you're doing something for somebody else. But with that first video, it was purely for myself. Yeah. And, and the fact that people got it, I was like, that's kind of like, what? That really surprised me. And then I kind of try and maintain that with all of them now. Like, I just think to myself, at the end of the day, you're just doing this for yourself. Because I love trying to understand what albums mean. I love the way that when you're running, you're not kind of limit, you're not restricting your thoughts so much so they can go off on a tangent. I love the way all that happens. So it's still something I'm doing for myself. And the fact that it's helping other people just blows my mind. It's such a great idea. And from a very practical point of view, albums are a sort of, I mean, it's a good length for a run. I mean, yeah. what's the average album? 50 minutes, something like that? Yeah, that's a long one now. Like, I I, I love the ones which are just under 40, like a 38-minute album, 37 what's a great? Album. What's a great short album for us to run to? It's uh, got the right running vibes and a, and a decent sort of 30 to 40-minute length. Turnstile, Glow, glow On. Which came out last year is amazing. I think that's yeah. like thirty-two minutes. Um, self-esteem. She's got a great one. Mm. Uh, Lone Lady, another really great running album. She's a runner as well. So there's loads. There's loads. Check out the running reviews. They're all they're all good to run to. I mean, music and and running have played such a huge part in my life. I mean, because I, I guess I've been running for even before I got sober and started sorting my head out, I was running. Yeah. And, and obviously I've always listened to music, but it was only as I started to become a little bit more enlightened about myself and, and you know, after hitting rock bottom and rebuilding, did I realise that the things that I'd taken for granted, like going out for a run or listening to a favourite record, were, were perhaps more significant than, than, I, than I had ever understood before. Do, do you see what I mean? Like, I, I was just going to ask you to... Talk about that because I'm fascinated by the idea of being more enlightened about yourself. What, what what do you mean with that? Well, I guess you know you kind of hit a rock bottom, which I did it when I turned forty. I, I was drinking, doing drugs, doing way too much, everything bad. Yeah. So I I I decided that I I couldn't go on like that, or I, I thought I'd drop dead to be honest. Yeah. So I went and got therapy, started going to the odd sort of AA meeting and stuff like that. And managed to knock it all on the head. And at first, I just thought, well, that's me done. That's all I need to do is just continue every day remembering not to drink or take drugs, right? Yeah. But actually, after a couple of years of doing that, but kind of replacing it all with very intense exercise that was goal-driven, like I'm going to do a half marathon, I'm going to do this, I'm going to lose that much weight, or work-driven, like I'm launching a new company, I'm going to do this, I kind of burnt out. And yeah, I had to step back 
I went further into the therapy, understood a lot more about sobriety and, and basically learned what you've already verbalized so eloquently, which is it's about more than just abstinence. It's about discovering a better version of yourself, yeah. which I don't think I've done because I think I've thrown myself into other distractions so hard. So it's like they call that a dry drunk. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what I was for a few years. But through therapy and reading and more rest and reflection, I started to sort of understand the things that really gave me pleasure and the things that were just bad habits that I'd got into, kind of drifted into at an early age and, and never recovered from. Yeah. Like, like that drive to constantly be productive, for example, or an inability to just sit still and rest and be alone with my thoughts. And, and so when I went through all of that, I started, you know, looking and appreciating the things that were simple and just gave me uh, pleasure in very simple and and sort of fulfilling and nourishing ways. And I thought, you know, you, people say, oh, try meditation, try yoga. And everyone's telling you to take up new shit. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to learn new shit. And then you realise I've already got it in my life. Yeah. I love music. I've loved music <clears throat> my whole life. I love going out running, like, because I love being out in nature. Yeah. You know, this was something that I started to understand that I hadn't really understood before, that just being out in nature made yeah. me feel great. Yeah. Um, obviously, the physical sensation, the endorphins and everything people know about made me feel good. The sense of achievement, the being away from phones and distractions when you're out running, yeah. even if it's just an hour a day without checking bloody Twitter or or looking at an email, right? Yeah. Amazing. And music as well. The music that I'd always sort of just liked because that's sort of how I'd grown up. I kind of started to look at that differently as well. Like every single record, whether it was the Spice Girls or, or something sort of that was supposedly more profound, that I could just derive simple pleasure from all of it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I guess you just can strip so much of your life away and realise that like half of the stuff you picked up along the way, the habits... The, you know, the, the the just the shit that you've filled your life up with. A lot of it is just a load of old bollocks that you picked totally. up by mistake when you were immature. <laughs> yeah, you told yourself you loved you loved it, but you didn't. Yeah, like I'm a big football fan. For years, going to I go to watch West Ham, and for years that was about. Um, it was as much about meeting your mates and getting bollocks at the pub before and after as it was about the game. And I would probably say, like, oh, well, football's good, but it's not about the football, is it? It's about going and getting out of it with your mates. Once I took that out of it, I could still see my mates. Yeah. I could go and watch the game. And I realised, no, actually, going to the game, I now go with my son, just going to a football match, watching a football match, enjoying the football match for what it is, and then just going home at the end of the game and not yeah. being the need to stay out all night and get into trouble. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing that I yeah. completely lost sight of because I hadn't done it since I was about 12. That was the last time I'd gone to a game and not kind of got wankered and been an idiot, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I guess that's it. It's, it's these simple pleasures, but you're doing so much to kind of highlight that to people. Um, and, and I just think it's wonderful. And I, I wanted to say one thing to you is when I, when I watch your videos, the stuff you say is great. I love the music reviews. You've got great motivational tips and stuff like that. But also, I have to say, obviously, where you live is a very beautiful place because the 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 bits where this sounds a bit rude, but don't take it that way. The, bit, <laughs> the bits where you're not talking, right, and, yeah. and and the steady rhythm of breathing, right, and the sound of your feet on the floor, the rhythm of the running, 
yeah. and the sorts of sounds of nature around you. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's almost like porn to me. That gives me a buzz. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. The, the breathing and the footsteps are amazing. You know, like yeah, sometimes, cool. I don't know how often you find yourself, like you've forgotten your headphones or yeah. you've run out of batteries. And so you think, fuck it, I'm just going to do this run without sound. And you think this is going to be a pain in the ass. I'm, I can't do it without sound in my ears. But then it's like amazing and you get yeah, really yeah. into it because the rhythm of your feet and your breathing and maybe the birds in the trees are, are absolutely incredible. It's like psychedelic. Yeah, because there's, there's nobody around. There's yeah. I, I can run 10, 10 kilometres and I won't see another person. There's nobody around, so it really is that peaceful there. And, yeah, I, I kind of think I'm really ruining this by shouting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great. It's great because it is great. Like, your reviews are outstanding. I mean, like, and you ad-lib them, do you? I mean, like, you're saying your thoughts as you go along, as they come to you. Yeah, like, there'll be a few where if I've got a, a big pre-release coming, so if a mm. band would ask me to do something before it's out, I will listen to it and make a few notes just because yeah. I know there's a lot riding on it. And yeah, yeah. And the band, I know the band will be like, oh, let's watch this before it comes out. And, yeah. and I'm like, I got to have a, like at least a justice. few things. Yeah. yeah there's, but a lot of the stuff that's already been out, like if I do something where it's like an album I should have listened to before for the first time, that's just first listen. I just chuck it on. And, you know, I just think, you know, no one's going to, the band won't see it, so I don't have to, like, kiss their ass or anything. I just say <laughs> what I want. And, yeah. Um, but then the, the one I did like that was Tom Jones' album. His new album, I just listened to it the first time, went for a run, filmed it, and then he ended up seeing it and loving it, which was mad. Really? Yeah, which is did crazy. What, did he get in touch? Yeah, he shared it. He put it on his own Instagram. He put it, he, wow. yeah. Yeah, that was I put it online. I went in the kitchen to make a cup of tea, came back in and it was like, Tom Jones is following you on Twitter. He'd messaged me saying, thanks for that. Nah, like, really? What are, you th- what are you thanking me for? Like, that is Tom incredible. Jones. Yeah. Is it? What a fucking feeling. That's that was a, mad. It's about as close as you can get to Elvis Presley. sending <laughs> you a message. I know. And <laughs> that was one where I literally just went, I'm going to run to Tom Jones. I'm just going to film it. Like that was it. That was all wow. I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if a big pre-release, I'll do a bit. I'll do a little bit of prep. I will have a listen and and write something. But um, other times, yeah, off the top of my head, I tell you another thing that fascinated me or inspired me was the fact that you, um, when you got back into running, you actually went to the trouble of reading up on nature so you could understand and appreciate more what was surrounding you on your runs, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm I'm still really into it now, and I kind of. I read one book and it leads to another. Uh, so I've, I've been. <laughs> it sounds it sounds wild, but this is why my ears kind of picked up when you said that all of a sudden you you became enlightened about yourself. Mm. And um, I get asked a lot because I post quite a lot about being sober, and people ask me how you do it. There is no there's no uh, life hack to it. You've got to work out what the problem was, and a lot of my problem was that. I wasn't listening to like my subconscious mind at all. I was ignoring it or I was blocking it with booze. Mm. And I was, as I became sober, I was realizing like one of the biggest things that surprised me was that I'm a really sensitive person. And I never knew that. I always thought I was like a bit macho, a bit, yeah. a bit of a lad. And realizing I was a sensitive guy was a bit like, That's, I've been hiding this for how long? And one of the things that made me more sensitive was nature. Like, do you know what I mean? Like sunrises, sunsets. So I really wanted to work out, like, what's going on there? Like, why, how, how is this affecting me? How is nature affecting me like this? So 
I started reading about it and I started reading uh, books about magic mushrooms, the mind, panpsychism, and kind of just becoming fascinated that, you know what, like there's a lot of the natural world around us, which we are ignoring. Mm. And it makes you feel better. Running in nature heals you. I don't care if anybody says I sound like I should go to Glastonbury Festival with no shoes on my feet. It heals you. And I can say matter of fact that this, I wouldn't have, changed as much if I lived in a city and I was doing all these runs around the city. The fact that I've yeah. got amazing countryside on my doorstep has helped me loads. So yeah, I, I read as much as I can about nature. I'm yeah, I'm obsessed with it. And I kind of, it blows my mind that I had that, that area of fascination just blocked out my life for so long, for so long. Mate, you're in such an amazing place and I can relate so much. And I 100% agree with you about running in nature, being a healing process. I, I get into it as, as much as I can. Um, yeah. I love running in parks and by rivers or, or whatever, and you don't really have to overthink it. Just do it, and you'll see that it'll make a difference. And just lastly, you know, this thing that you said about, you know, you, you thought you were a Jack the Lad. You thought that was all your identity. That is so much what the reset's about. I was just the same. You know, I grew up being someone who was quite happy to define myself by being um, a loud mouth smart ass who drink yeah. beer and went to the football right yeah and yeah. i was perfectly happy because i thought that's a very simple and unpretentious way to approach life and only when you start to appreciate you know what a lot of that is bollocks yeah you know, a lot of it is bollocks i actually do desire more than that my mind is open i mean i'm not belittling any of that stuff by the way mm. you know it's fun while it lasted and all that yeah so much more to you and that's really what it you know it's so helpful for people to just open their minds to that blokes who we know are very resistant sometimes to sort of addressing mental health issues some of it is just like look mate you might be a jack the lad but that doesn't mean that you can't appreciate other things or be or or, or acknowledge your sensitivities or your vulnerabilities because once you do life becomes so much happier and easier it I does. Mean, I yeah. look at you, mate. You exude. You exude a lot of joy. I mean, I, I don't know what you were like a few years ago before all this happened. But the journey you've been on it is great, and it must be great for your family and everything as well, right? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it is. I kind of i I did such a good job of putting a bit of a front on, though. That I, I think a lot of people haven't really understood how much of a difference it's made to me because I would be like really outgoing anyway. But like the, I think the main things and, and what matters to me is how I feel when I'm on my own. That's the yes. most important really, like how I feel when I'm on my own. And I feel like a totally different person on my own now. And that, that's that's what I'm doing it for. Like obviously I'm doing it for my family and everybody, but the fact that I can just be on my own and I feel okay, that's the most important thing. Well, look, it's such a pleasure to speak to you, Jimmy. And Likewise. everything you're doing, you're helping a huge amount of people. Uh, people can check out your YouTube channel and Instagram and all the rest of it. I'll stick it all on the links with the pod. Amazing. Uh, but clearly you're helping a, a lot of blokes out there get to grips with this stuff. You're you're an inspiration to me and I'm sure many others. So I really appreciate your time, mate. And congratulations also on two years sober because I know you just yes. enjoyed that anniversary. So amazing work. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. That's really kind of you. Thank you. Nice one. Jimmy, thanks a lot for coming on The Reset. Nice one. Thanks for having me. There you go, Jimmy Watkins. What an inspirational bloke. If you like the sound of him, and why wouldn't you, I urge you to check out more of his content, which you can find via his website, runningpunks.com, 
or you can check him out on Twitter where he goes by the name of Big Or you can check him out on Twitter where he goes by the name of Biggie Timkins. Check out his music review runs on YouTube too. They really are brilliant. I hope you all had a good Christmas and New Year and aren't overtaxing yourself with daft, stressful news yet. I hope you all had a good Christmas and New Year and aren't overtaxing yourself with daft, stressful New Year resolutions. Be peaceful, chill out and do less is my advice for 2022. Remember to subscribe to The Reset at soundelaney.substack.com for my weekly newsletters and drop me a follow, as I believe they say, on Instagram at The Reset Sam. Until next time, gang, be lucky and don't let the dickheads get you down. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 